0: Okay, let's normalize the struggle and discomfort and let's start to explore and dream bigger than where maybe our fears would have prevented us from going because we have now the tools.
1: Hello and welcome to the Music Mindset Podcast. I'm Carmen Morin and this is Episode 7. Today I am very excited to welcome a special guest, Jennifer Shakuda, my colleague and dear friend. Now, Jen is a fellow teacher, a performer and a collaborative artist. I have seen her firsthand transform the mindset behind countless families and students that she works with through her decades of teaching. Now, Jen also draws on a very unique background, since as well as being an exceptionally effective teacher, she also has enjoyed a successful career in healthcare with a focus on mental health, as a business coach and leader, emphasizing high performance, and of course, as a parent to her two beautiful girls. Now in this episode, Jen is discussing a common thread at the root of fulfillment in all areas of life and how it is that she traces this back to the discipline and awareness that she developed through her musical training. I am so happy that she's joining us here today. She has so much wisdom to share and I'm so happy to have her join me on this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, as you know, I was so excited to have you on the podcast. You and I have had so many chats about life and leadership and parenting and teaching and of course music. And I like to joke that sometimes I feel like an absolute um nerd or fangirl that I start to take notes when we're having lunch, <laughs> lunches together. Um, just because I think you have so much wisdom just drawing from um, all of the things that you've done. So I'm so happy to have you here. So you you, as we said, you've got a very unique background of expertise. So, I mean, you've reached this high level of classical music as a performer yourself. Uh, you're also an exceptional teacher. Uh, you're a parent. Um, and then along with that, you've also enjoyed, you know, a long career as a healthcare provider, working um, specifically in mental health. Um, you're an entrepreneur you've been a business coach so on this podcast really what I try to do is we we talk a lot about all of the connections between that process that we go through learning a musical instrument so it shouldn't be any surprise when you started to point out all of these kind of connections that you were making um, with your career so in the past you shared that when you enter the process of learning an instrument, you said music lessons and piano are a tool that exposes who we are. We have an ownership to use this effectively in drawing out the most important life principles in our students and that the daily habits that we draw out through this process will lay the foundation for the success we experience in life. And those are one of those things that I made a note of. Um, so if you had one um If you had to articulate one way that the process of learning an instrument really guides us and our students through these most important life principles, um, what would you, what would it be?
0: You know, I think that one principle that I have found to be really key when teaching students is really to celebrate the hard moments. I joke around oftentimes with my students that they don't need to inform me about the days that they're practicing because they have a positive emotional response prior to hitting the keys. I want them to let me know about the days where everything inside of them reels against coming to the piano, but they do it anyways. And I think that this concept of really just acting out and starting to develop what you and I probably have talked about quite a bit about discipline being freedom. As soon as we can start to teach that, you know, to children, teenagers, even adults that we're teaching, I I really believe that we can start to create some stability and some habits that flow out of that.
1: Mm-hmm. and that's that's amazing now, um what jumped out to me is discipline being freedom like that's something that I would write down if we were um, to make a note. so can you elaborate on that like how would you explain that to someone who doesn't have a background in in any of the classical disciplines or formal training? Yeah, for
0: sure, you know, I think that my first understanding of discipline stems from my my very early days as a nurse. I was an internal medical nurse, and I had the privilege of being led by. Phenomenal servant leaders, one I have to edify every time I speak about nursing, Rhonda Nubruti, where she really uh, taught me that so much of the freedom was establishing just a rhythm in terms of, okay, no matter whether I felt good, whether I felt afraid, whether I felt comfortable or uncomfortable, I needed to develop a uh, in terms of every single day I, I arrived early to work. Every day I would, I would probably leave a little bit late just with that start well, finish well, and then embedded into the rhythm of everything I did in, in the shift was, you know, systems in terms of follow through, you know, whether or not, um, you know, the day was busy, whether, whether or not it was chaotic or not, you know, there was, there was freedom in terms of knowing that I knew what I was going to do and how I would follow through in every aspect Mm -hmm. of it. Uh, and, And I think that, you know, so then circling back to the idea that discipline is freedom, I think it becomes freedom when we we start to let go of the expectation that somehow a calm environment, calm circumstances, um, you know, wanting to do something on the front end, that that is what we need in order to feel calm or joyful or peaceful. It is when we develop the discipline of follow through, even when we have stress or discomfort, that's where we start to develop the freedom of, oh, okay, so I can have joy. I can have peace daily despite any circumstances that will land in my, you know, in my roadway in front of me. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful lesson to experience on different um, in different areas of life, because, of course, we can relate that to. I mean, anytime learning a musical instrument, it's it's like I, I want to play this piece that's so beautiful. I love to listen, but then I sit down and it, it doesn't feel that great and it doesn't I, I don't really feel like practicing and I'm not enjoying this. And what about all of that space in between where this is actually where all of that growth and beauty and everything takes place obviously i mean just learning how to enjoy you know it's about the journey and not the destination right it's about that process and just having that discipline of showing up and being in that uncomfortable situation i think is what i mean teaches all of us and our students that we can just feel so good sharing that with them as they go through the process so how would you feel if you look back through your musical training how did that help you to kind of embrace that discomfort that comes along with growth.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and, And actually, I think that there was very like tangible bridges that were created both in, you know, when I was working out kind of this overcoming anxiety, despite my environment, I had the gift of actually seeking out lessons from your dad. And interestingly enough, it was taking lessons with your dad that started to really help embed a lot of the macro principles which helped me function as a nurse. You know, he'd often tell me, okay, even when you're playing a piece that that is agitated, that is very fast and furious, I want you to start to develop the ability to remain calm inwardly. He used to joke around when I felt stressed out that he'd say, oh no, it's okay. Like nobody's gonna call 911. You're not gonna make the news if you make a mistake. And, you know, on many levels, I think it started to, or he started to help me recognize that, you know, those principles on the piano, I could then take to the unit where I just went through a span where it seemed like every single shift that I came to, I would have an assignment that was extremely traumatic, if you will. And a lot of what your dad was teaching me was applicable to my nursing skills in the sense that, okay, so even if somebody is passing away in front of me, I have an ownership to remain calm. I have an ownership to continue to, you know, act out the art form of nursing. And I think that anything in life, when we start to look at, um, you know, anything in the journey as formation, we're, we're trying to develop an art form here. Then I think that we can see a lot of the pain points that we go through and oftentimes failures, which certainly you've helped me work through Carmen, for in my own life, um, in my own experiences on the piano, Then we recognize that failure, the good moments, the bad moments, the shameful moments are actually a part of the journey of of entering into mastery. And I actually, I have to share a quote. One of my favorite authors is Augmentino, and he ties this together really well. He says, to put away aimlessness and weakness and to begin to think with purpose is to enter the ranks of those strong ones who only recognize failure as one of the pathways to attainment who makes all conditions serve them, and who thinks strongly, attempt fearlessly, and accomplish masterfully. And again, that's Ogmundino. And that principle, um, or the many principles there, your dad really helped solidify in me in terms of almost like, okay, let's normalize the struggle and discomfort. And let's start to explore and dream bigger than where maybe our fears would have prevented us from going because we have now the tools. And I think the last thing that I'll say in terms of having like a belief system that can overcome the discomfort, um, it is ensuring that we are attached to people that have fruit on the tree. So when it comes to you as a teacher and performer, Carmen, the reason why I value your education, your continued education, um, which I'm continuing to be grateful for, as well as your dad, it's because I knew the fruit on the tree in terms of the students uh, and their outcomes that your dad had created. Um, I know your playing capacity as well as your leadership capacity. So when I'm looking at the systems in place, which would be daily practice, as well as the influencer, which in this case would be you and your dad on the piano, that is where we can have comfort in knowing that the day in, day out, will eventually create results, even if it seems a little hopeless in the short term. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, and I think um, I think it's so interesting too, and, and just even hearing those connections in between, because if if the growth has to come by going through those uncomfortable situations, it is. I mean, as a performer and a musician, it's impossible to avoid training without uncomfortable situations because you're going to have to get on stage, right? <laughs> and let's face it, like building up the the capacity and the experience to get on stage means a lot of not even never being um uncomfortable. It's just getting used to that discomfort, right? That this is part of it and you know that w- what's on the other side and then connecting that to something like yeah, traumatic experiences in healthcare and in the hospital being able to really see that um that is such an important part of that journey, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. um, that that's wonderful, and I love that quote. Um, so, in your like, kind of going through that growth yourself, and obviously, there's many different. There are many different vehicles. There's that saying. There's many different vehicles that can take you to your highest self, right? So, it's like going through these uncomfort, uncomfortable situations, and then being able to see them mirrored in different arenas of of life. Um, I think it's safe to say that you have really grown into roles as as guiding and supporting others right I see you as a teacher I see you um you know you've always been such a wonderful friend and colleague and support to me um musician and um is there one point when you kind of came to a fork in the road where you felt like pursuing music and the arts would be able to you know continue that journey further than in your healthcare or is it something that you're still kind of drawing from in both?
0: Yeah, that for sure. I can't think of the turning point because it took place uh, just coming up four years ago now. And the reality is that, you know, my journey is about 17 years. I was a registered nurse. Um, I really came to see nursing and I've mentioned it just earlier on here that nursing is, is an art form. It is gift of being in privilege of being able to enter into the most vulnerable places of somebody else, and then to speak hope into that area. And so, in some ways, I've been able to maintain that because my dream, probably the last couple of years of being a nurse, was just to be able to sew into one person at a time. And and I have the privilege of caring for you. You and I both know Jay. And uh, so it is. It's a gift to be able to actually explore more intricacies of focusing on one person. And interestingly enough, um, you know, starting to accompany yours and my friend and former Canadian tenor Leon Leon Frides, mm-hmm. um, starting to accompany, you know, a beautiful opera singer, it started to, and I would say he started to teach me to not only focus on the caliber of my sound, but to really develop the skill of almost like a wave coming underneath and supporting him. And so, you know, I would say caregiving now is my bridge, you know, from even though I don't have a nursing license anymore, I still have the gift of sewing in and really understanding the beauty and the art form of of working with one individual. I would say working with Leon was a, a beautiful bridge for me entering into prioritizing music because he taught me the gift of being able to take my eyes off myself to still focus on the beauty of my sound, but to really serve on him and do my best to support him. Um, And that drew me towards, you know, really starting to look at music as a priority again. And certainly your leadership ability and my cousin Janine's leadership ability in in the studios that that I get to uh, be a part of, um, the fact that you two are very much focused on culture Um, You guys create safe places for, for, you know, other teachers to be um, their own selves, their own, their own individuals. You give plenty of room, um, you know, for folks to grow as entrepreneurs themselves. And I'm very drawn to a culture of freedom. And so I think all of these different facets very comfortably help me, I guess, release my title as a registered nurse, though I think I'll always have the heart of a nurse, if, if you know what I mean.
1: So when... When working with a lot of what we do when we're teaching is working with parents of music students um, or adults who are learning themselves, how can we help to guide them through the process of either them feeling like they can't, you know, can't do it um, or, you know, maybe my child can't achieve this. What is a guiding principle that you like to anchor in to really guide them forward through those hard moments? For sure.
0: I think first of all, I, I think of it as twofold. I think that if we look at undertones, gratitude will always be the undertone that will help somebody, you know, action out a lot of the tools, a lot of the daily disciplines that will will move and transition them from feeling like they can't to like being absolutely surprised that they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you and I can think of many examples ourselves where you know, maybe something required far more work than we thought it would, where we felt like we deserved results much sooner than we did. We thought maybe our stress tolerance would expand much sooner than it did. And I think it's that I get to, I get to play the piano. I get to practice. I get to learn from this phenomenal teacher. I get to, you know, perform here. I think that it is that spirit of gratitude that will almost fuel our day in day out rhythms, even when we don't yet see fruit coming about. Um, And I think a second part is, is I like to ask parents or students the question of like just giving them the option where I say, okay, I understand you feel like this is too hard. Um, Do you think we should just um, no longer pursue anything that is hard? Or do you think that we should tackle it again and again until you feel like it's no longer hard? And and I am yet to have anybody answer me at the first of response. <laughs> I think they just recognize that they can actually own that decision, and again, they're not in a position where they actually have to do anything. Mm-hmm. They get to work with us, they get to grow with us, and they get to have the feeling of somebody that isn't above them, but certainly further down the road in terms of experiencing the pain of growth. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like what you just said, it, it's not a matter of above, above them, more, more talent, more ability, more gifts, anything. It really is just, I can help to guide you only because I'm further down, I'm further down the line. I've, I've That's right. experienced more of the challenges, more pushing through those hard moments. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's I love that. And then what about for for those? Um, because I absolutely love and vibrate on that same frequency. It's like as much as possible, try to find that gratitude, um, how thankful you can be to go through the process. And I think realistically, you and I will have a. A great deal to draw on from that in this process of music because we've played for so many years of our lives for almost our entire lives right since I think since we were two and three years old. Right so going through that process we can really see that there are fruits that will come from this experience. What about for those who. Are, you know are starting music later in life or are coming from a place of limiting beliefs where you know those other people might be musicians but I'm not and where's the value of my music and my artistry and they have never actually experienced that process um, you know how do we guide how do we guide everyone
0: yeah I think that's a good point to unpack because you know you and I have discussed briefly how there can be that almost extreme swinging of the pendulum where there can be that positive toxicity, or, you know, another way to look at that might be where somebody almost feels like they have to be somebody that they're not, or they have to put that positive front where they have to act like they're okay when they're not. And that certainly isn't healthy. You know, when we think of the, the authentic gratitude that will fuel us through pain points, I think it's important to recognize that that's a muscle that we develop. Mm -hmm. Certainly it can be developed through what we say to ourselves. I find oftentimes if we ask ourselves questions rather than making statements, we will fuel that muscle such as, you know, I use the example of like, well, Carmen is a phenomenal concert pianist. I have the tools that she extends to me. I'm grateful for her time. Why can't I play like her if I practice like her? You know, I think that this and, and I think it is quite normal for us to develop this mindset later in life. I know that it was from my journey of, of as you mentioned, being a business coach. Um, that is where I learned that. I don't think I, I was ever taught to think and really manage um, those pain points or traumas. We do go through certain traumas that would maybe swing us into the victim brain. Uh, and, and it was, you know, like, uh, I have to edify them, you know, Shwechi, Tyler, Candice, Dean and Marcy, they're a circle of cutting edge entrepreneurs, where what I was most drawn to was the fact that they always seem to never let pain go to waste. You know, any hardship, like let's talk about sleep deprivation. Let's talk about relational traumas. Let's talk about, um, you know, uh, grief. I was able to have the gift of being um, in the front seat or in the front row, watching them continually use pain, suffering and hardships as the reason to grow and not as the excuse not to. And and you and I've talked about that a lot as mothers and and being entrepreneurs and being, you know, folks that are so growth minded that we would take an ownership. And I think you and I've held each other accountable to never let different areas in our life that are struggle or areas that we need to really persevere through to be the reason we don't continue to follow through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I think just really clarifying the fact that gratitude can mean that we're set. gratitude can mean acknowledging suffering. It just means that we always maintain that I get to mentality. Like I'm so grateful for Carmen, because even though I'm having the worst day of my life, I can reach out to her. And we can unpack this together, and then it's that spirit of solution seeking that comes from gratitude. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think that's such a beautiful distinction, right? Because I think often it can we can hear like, well, we should just feel good about it, and it's still something that you know it, it's it's good for us. But I mean, acknowledging that pain and don't let the pain go to waste. I love that. Yeah. yeah that that's wonderful. Um, so, if you had to name one trait or character value that music lessons instill in students of any age that mm-hmm. you think can really, you know, support them in every area of their lives? What would that be if you had to name it down to, if you had to narrow it down to one?
0: Yeah, that is a tough one. I think oh, yeah. I, I actually had to think about because <laughs> There's just so many different uh, characteristics. I think if there's one thing, it's the long game growth mindset. Mm. I think it it is the ability to start to look at the ups and downs as um, formation. You know, you and I talk a lot about hustle, about creating that drive. And I think all of that can be very, very effective when we recognize it's all about, you know, a long term journey and in recognizing who we're becoming in the process. Uh, you and I both, and I think we can speak about most of our students, even the best students, they go through seasons where they have quite a bit of time, where there is an intense degree of practice and hence quite a bit of fruitful results. Um, there can be difficult seasons in parents' life, relationally, financially, there can be difficult seasons that children go through where I think the temptation can be a focus on perfection and outcome in the short term. And then I think that can create a result in people's minds where they think it's time to quit. But I think the no quit button comes in, in our musical journey when we recognize that it's a lifestyle, it's an art form. It's, it's a, a beautiful tool that forms who we are and will actually not just impact us, but it's a generational gift that will extend. And you and I have been able to gift that to our own children. And I 100% positive our grandchildren one day too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. The up and down is a formation. The ups and downs yeah. of that process are formation. That's For sure. another um amazing way to look at it. Um all right, so one final question that I wanted to ask you. Um, and I know it's going to be a loaded question, and it can really be anything at all um, that comes to mind. But what is what is music to you?
0: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> i think and this might not resonate with anybody music to me is an echo of eternity and i remember that hitting home and you used to always bring us to the what is the museum downtown
1: the national music Center. what is the
0: name of the museum
1: national, thank you the national, national music museum. center Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah so there was a tour that we got to take where we were looking at some of the antique pianos and carved in Latin and embedded in gold, it said music is an echo of eternity. And ever since then, I, that's how I've seen music is I'm like, okay, so music can be a form of prayer. Music can be a form of healing. Music can be a form of grounding. Music can be a form of stimulation. And so I think that that probably would be the best way <laughs> to describe how I see music.
1: Jen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for joining me. Your insight, as you know, and as I tell you as often as I can, I just grow so much through our friendship and being your colleague and collaborating with you in so many different ways. So I'm so thankful that you could join me today and join us today. And thank you so much for being here and for sharing. Well,
0: thank you as well. As you know, I call you the movie star of the classical piano world. (laughs) Certainly you are. And I feel privileged to run in life with you and certainly feel privileged to be a guest on your podcast today.
1: Wow. Feelings mutual. Thanks again, Jen. You're welcome.